back up and give us a little bit of context and find out uh, where we are and why we're here. Uh, well, maybe not such a grand philosoph- philosophical question, but I'll give you a little bit of context. Uh, this year, we have been going through our discipleship uh, pathway. That's kind of these aspects here, uh, and bit by bit, we kind of introduced to you, uh, them in the fall and have been kind of walking through these various um, aspects. So we talked about celebrating big, connecting small, walking with Jesus. Now we're talking about sharing the work and looking forward to getting into a series about engaging in mission in just a little bit. Okay, so this week we're talking about uh, share the work, and uh, this is what we mean by share the work. We believe that God has uniquely given every Christian spiritual gifts to help advance the kingdom of God. And so again, our, our kind of our slogan here you might say is, use your gifts to serve the church. That's it, summed up right there. Uh, if you're busy or have other things on your mind, you can kind of zone out from here forward. That's the important bit, Okay. So there's three steps that you can kind of take in this area in sharing the work. Again, we've been encouraging everybody to think about what is their next step forward in their discipleship journey and encouraging you to be intentional about your growth rather than just kind of coasting and allowing whatever happens to happen in terms of your spiritual life. So last week Steve talked about becoming a member. That's one of the action steps that you could take. Uh, here, uh, or we're talking about today, discovering your gifts, and next week we're going to talk a little bit more about what it is to join or lead a ministry. So, becoming a member, discovering your gifts, and being a part of the ministry here at Hillcrest. Okay, so let's back up. Just uh, last week, Steve talked about uh, membership a little bit, kicking off this series, and if you missed his message, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, Again, it'd be available on our YouTube channel. You could watch it or listen to our podcast, Uh, but I'll try to give you a few uh, highlights if you missed it, because it dovetails well with what we're talking about today. Okay. So the modern notion of membership is a small fee that you pay that gives you special access and privileges to something, right? You pay a fee and then you have access to a golf or a country club, to Costco, to Apple Music or Spotify, to Netflix, and so on. And that's not really what we're talking about when we're talking about membership at Hillcrest. We're not asking for a small fee so that you can have special perks. Steve broke the news to everyone last week, but in case you missed it, there are no perks. Okay, Um, or at least not in that sense. Uh, Instead, we are inviting you to the responsibility uh, here at Hillcrest. We hope every believer at Hillcrest embraces the responsibility that comes with being a part of God's family here. And we know that many of you uh, do uh, embrace that responsibility, whether you're an official member or not. But membership is that chance to officially or to formalize or to clarify where you stand with Hillcrest. Your commitment to Hillcrest, first the family as well as the mission of Hillcrest. See, Paul uses the metaphor of a body to explain our relationship to one another. See, members are parts of the body. Okay, a member is a hand, a foot, an eye, etc. Do you understand? See, this is the true nature of the church. Membership is being a part of of the body of Christ, and every believer is a part of the body of Christ. So why is there need for any other paperwork or extra meetings, you might ask? Why is there a next step that has to do with membership if we're already members? Here's a couple of reasons. One is that there are specific things that we ask our membership to do. They perform a task here at Hillcrest uniquely. And Steve outlined um, specifically last week how the role of membership here um, 
you know, plays as it relates to our constitution, our elders, uh, as well as the leadership here, and the part that they play in setting vision and direction for our church. But it's also because we respect you. We want you to participate, and we want to invite you um, to that responsibility. Okay? Otherwise, we would just kind of lock the doors and, and not let anyone leave until all of the volunteer positions were filled, and our cash flow was fat. Okay? But I don't think many of you would like being a part of a church that was that heavy-handed. Instead, we intentionally always make it about inviting people to participate, inviting people to volunteer, and that kind of thing. So, um, many of you, again, do carry the responsibility here and serve in many ways. And even though you're not official members, and we're glad that you're here and playing your part. There's no second-class citizens at Hillcrest. Okay, but we're glad for those of you who do choose to be members here and play your part with that specific responsibility. And again, we're going to continue to love and serve everyone, but we would love it if each of you took a step towards the responsibility we have towards one another in the body of Christ and as Christians. One of the ways that you can do that is membership. So if you have more questions about that, there is a class that's offered regularly here at Hillcrest, and it's the opportunity to kind of hear a little bit more about Hillcrest and sit down with some of the elders here and go over all the details. So again, membership is a chance to formalize and clarify your commitment to Hillcrest's family and mission. But sharing the work is not just about mission. Uh, We also want to talk about spiritual gifts uh, and eventually on to many of the ways that you can serve here at Hillcrest. But before we dive into what spiritual gifts are exactly, we're going to look at the difference perhaps between spiritual fruit and spiritual gifts, as well as the difference between talents and spiritual gifts. Okay, our Bible reading for today came from the book of 1 Corinthians, and it's a letter that was written to a church that had lots of talent, and there was lots of functioning gifts in that church. And Paul has the audacity to say that they might not even be Christians, he describes, the, he describes the unloving but gifted person as being nothing, gaining nothing, and says they are just noise. I See, I thought that was a new insult, kind of within the last little while here, but it's pretty old. Here it is in the scripture. Uh, he says that if they don't hear the Lord's teaching and correction on how they use their gifts, they might not be recognized by God. And again, we see in 1 Corinthians 13, the very next chapter after our scripture reading, um, and and Paul goes into this idea. So this is, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, just starting in verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, uh, love, I gain nothing. See, love makes all of the difference. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, spiritual fruit or the fruit of the Spirit, is a spiritual fruit is when the Spirit of God works in your life to make you more like Jesus. Through the Spirit, you understand the love of God, and that constant experience of His love makes you a more loving person. 
And then you begin to show the signs of it through joy and peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's why, again, we have other aspects to our discipleship pathway. We talk about walking with Jesus, pursuing a growing relationship with God, where you regularly seek personal renewal and are continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not too late to sign up for Set Free, by the way. Please do that if that's something for you. That's a great place to start. So your character matters more than your talent and more than your spiritual gifts. This has to be a priority. But having perfect character is not a prerequisite for using your talents and spiritual gifts now. It just means that your character growth should be progressing along with your talents and your spiritual gifts all at the same time. So that's, again, spiritual fruit is the work of the Spirit in your life to make you more like Jesus through love so that you are a more loving person. Okay, Talents are God-given abilities but can be applied in any environment and can be used for good or for evil. Uh, They can be used for the benefit of the church or society or for your own personal gain. They may stem from your personality, your genetics, or come from your formative environment. They can be multiplied but also squandered as we see in Jesus' very famous parable about the talents, which we won't go into today, but if you want to do some uh, homework, uh, you can read that in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. So spiritual gifts and talents are different, but they may overlap. The unique difference is that spiritual gifts are how God uses you to build up the body of Christ. It is the Spirit's power through you, and it often supersedes your talents. Here's an example of what I think a spiritual gift in teaching or speaking, preaching might be. Andy Stanley is the pastor of a church in Atlanta. How many of you, by show of hands, have heard of Andy Stanley? Maybe you've done one of, listened to his podcast or found one of his messages on YouTube, something like that. So many of you know who he is. Okay, uh, He's uh, highly sought after as a communicator, and uh, he's written several books. And despite his incredible impact that he's had through speaking... If you analyze his speaking technique, he's kind of underwhelming. Okay? He works very hard to be engaging and is always improving, but he mumbles and stutters and trips over his own words all the time, much like myself. Okay? We've used several of his sermon series here at Hillcrest, and we get the chance to kind of review his sermon uh, word for word. You know, we have a document that's a recorded version of his preaching, And even though it's meant to be spoken and heard rather than uh, written and read, um, when you look at the document of his sermons word for word, they seem nearly incoherent. They're nearly impossible to actually read. Um, But again, in conference conference environments where there's other preachers kind of back to back coming to uh, to, give leadership advice to many pastors, he's always the best. He always stands out as the most captivating, the most impacting uh, among them, even though some of the other speakers are often more eloquent, sometimes they have better jokes, they seem more uh, smooth and flawless in their presentation. And I believe that God is using them as well, but in Andy's case, it seems like there is more happening. There is something that's beyond his talent or his skill at work. I believe that's a spiritual gift. Now, again, I I don't even compare to Andy as a public speaker, uh, but I've also heard him talking about this reality in his own life. And this kind of had to do with both his speaking and his leadership 
ability. See, he planted this church in Atlanta, and then it grew in remarkable ways since they've planted many other churches. North Point Church turned into North Point Ministries, and there's many churches and many campuses and many partner churches kind of all over the place, not just in their area. And during one event, perhaps it was them celebrating 20 years as a church, I don't remember exactly, uh, but I heard him describing this conversation that he had with someone. He's kind of sitting down in the front row, and he leans over to another guy that was there from the very beginning, and he said, do you think we'd even get hired here now? You know, there was this incredible display of all that they had accomplished in 20 years. And again, over the years, they had hired more and more people with great skill and talent to join the organization and accomplish great things for God. And he's the leader and creator of the whole thing in some ways. And he's going, I don't think I'd even get hired here now. If I came in off the street, handed in you know, my resume and said, you know, I'm looking for a job, he wondered if he'd really get the job. Now, I don't think he was just being super insecure in that moment. But what he was recognizing is that what God accomplished through him and his leadership was way more than simply his talents. It's a spiritual gift. Okay, now the Bible has many places where it mentions spiritual gifts. You know, we read through one uh, this morning, but there are other places where it talks about spiritual gifts, and it kind of lists and, and gives you a number of them. But not all of the lists are ever the same. They include some things and don't include some things. Sometimes they are ordered, like in our uh, particular uh, reading from today, and sometimes they're not ordered specifically. So it seems like these lists are not meant to be an exhaustive list of all of the spiritual gifts. Again, you know, in fact, it says in the scripture that it's as the Spirit enables. And I believe the Spirit is still able (laughs) to enable us with a spiritual gift based on the skills and talents that we have now. For example... Um, at the time of the writing of the New Testament, there wasn't an internet, iPhones, or an app store. Okay, but when you consider the YouVersion Bible app, for example, there was someone who had an idea for a Bible app before there was an app store. You understand that? Before there was an app store, someone had an idea for an app for the Bible. So it could just be available on any mobile device. There was also a few passionate software developers eager to use their talents for the kingdom, and a church positioned to fund the project. And it has become one of the most successful apps ever in the App Store. How many of you have it on your phone? Anybody else? I believe that was, again, a way that the Spirit was enabling people to go beyond talent or luck or a good business idea. It was God's Spirit enabling various people to serve the church. Okay, and we're, we have evidence of that here as well. Did you know that there's about 200 and some, 250 employees behind the YouVersion Bible app? And we don't have to pay for it. Uh, that's coming through uh, Life Church, actually. They're funding that whole um, project. And Anyways, it's a remarkable story. Um, but let's take a look. Even though, again, I believe that these are not meant to be exhaustive uh, lists, again, the ability to use technology and other kinds of things, I believe God can enable somebody with somehow the spiritual gift of computers or something like that. Let's take a look at the list of the things that are here in the scripture this morning. So there's going to be a bunch of them kind of pop up behind me here. And as we look at them, I'll try to give you clarity on what they are, um, some definitions um, from a variety of sources as we go through these. Okay. Now, but before we hop into these, can I also just say, 
some of these seem very natural, and some of these seem very supernatural. Some of them seem as like they could be one or the other or both, okay? But be careful not to dismiss either the natural or the supernatural uh, here. Just because, well, it might seem scary to you, the supernatural, or the natural might seem very boring to you, okay? But don't dismiss them. Remember, it's the Spirit's enablement, not the nature of the gifts that makes it powerful. Okay, so we touched on these a couple of weeks ago, actually, but here, uh, the apostles, an apostolic gift. These were the key leaders that Jesus empowered to lead the church, at least the original apostles. Uh, they spent time with Jesus and knew his teaching inside and out, how to, reach the script, or how to read the scripture in light of Jesus. The original apostles were instrumental in giving the church the New Testament. Uh, the word apostle means sent one, so they are often the ones that are starting something new. They are often entrepreneurs or pioneers, and sometimes they end up being overseers of many ministries because they're constantly starting new things, much like um, the Apostle Paul. Um, so they can oversee many churches or even you know, regions as well, that kind of idea. Let's talk about um, the prophetic, a prophet. This is those who hear the voice of the Lord and then speak the Lord's words. This can be as simple, again, as natural, you might say, as sharing a Bible verse with someone to encourage them. That's sharing the word of the Lord with somebody. That's a prophet. Or it may also be something like involving dreams and visions and details about the future. Okay, that's a prophet. Uh, evangelists, or a couple of weeks ago when I was preaching, I said these are good newsers. Right, that's what it means, evangelist means good news. Uh, Christians need to be regularly reminded of the gospel, the good news. Evangelists are those who are uniquely gifted at telling and retelling the gospel, both to believers and to unbelievers. And we all need to be reminded of that. The gospel means good news, and here is the good news. God made you. God loves you. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but through the death and resurrection of Jesus... We can have eternal, abundant life that begins now through faith and goes on into eternity. Now, maybe you need to be reminded of the simplicity of the gospel this morning, but maybe you've never really heard it or had the chance to accept it. It's very easy to understand that Jesus loves you, he made you, and he is here to rescue us from the brokenness that we experience if you want to make a decision for Christ, it's very simple. You can pray a simple prayer like this with me. Dear Father, thank you that you love me and sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. and Help me live a life that honors you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, if you ever make a decision like that, uh, would you let us know? Reach out to us. If you're joining us online, you can always send us a message as well and let us know that you've made a significant decision. We want to celebrate with you and support you on your journey. Uh, let's continue. Pastors. These are the shepherds that walk among and alongside people in their spiritual journey, giving uh, spiritual care, encouragement, and rebuke when necessary. Teachers. These are the people who make spiritual truths clear. Okay, and they help those uh, people put those truths into gear, get them going. How do you apply this? Okay. Administration. 
aid in the successful completion of God-given goals. Right? Seeing that essential tasks get done. Okay? They have skills in planning and organization, supervision and communication. Discernment. The wisdom to recognize truth from untruth. It said, you know, discerning of spirits in our passage from today. This is evaluating behavior or teachings, underlying source. It's a combination of thinking things through and a good gut feel or intuition. Okay? Exhortation or encouragement. This is excellence in offering encouragement, comfort, and support to help someone be all that God wants them to be. Faith. People that have confidence in the power and promises of God. They stand strong in their belief no matter what may shake them. Now this is not to be confused with ignorance, oversimplification, or being illogical. Some Christians are guilty of these, but they're not a spiritual gift. Those are sins. Okay? Faith is people who have confidence in the power and promises of God. Again, God's promises are in his word to us that we can take hold of them. Okay? These people with the gift of faith, they also stand up for the church and for their faith in a winsome way as to defend and move it forward. Okay. Uh, giving. Those who are willing and able to share what resources they have with joy. I heard this uh, comment earlier. I thought I would share it with you. Good people shouldn't vilify money. Good people should have more money. Corrupt, selfish people are always after more money. And the love of money is the root of all evil. But good people should have more money to be good with. Okay, some of you need to be encouraged that money's okay. <laughs> okay, loving money can be the root of all evil. But good people should have more money to be good with. Giving. Okay. Healing. Uh, A sensitivity to sickness, hurt, or brokenness accompanied by the faith to see God do a miracle and the willingness to do something about it, to speak up about it, to pray about it, to lay hands on someone, or to gather other believers around to pray. And again, healing can be natural and supernatural. Some of you only count supernatural healing as healing, and you are not giving all glory to God. The Bible even says this, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. That's from James 5, verse 14. See, oil is a powerful symbol of the Spirit in the Scripture, but it's also used as a healing agent. A modern translation might be, call the ambulance and pray. Both calling 911 and praying can be done in the name of the Lord. Okay? So someone with the gift of healing responds to the situation knowing that God is the great physician. The one who truly restores, be that physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Okay? The gift of helps. Someone with this gift is able to support or assist members of the body of Christ so that they may be free to minister to others. They set aside their preferences and personal agenda 
to benefit someone else. Hospitality. This is a natural ability to make people, even strangers, feel welcome in one's own home or at the church as a means to disciple and to serve them. Uh, Alpha's video series called Life Shared is a series uh, designed to help Christians to share the gospel more effectively. And in it, they said, hospitality is the primary delivery system for the gospel. So not Sunday morning, where we are now. Not even the Alpha program that we run here will be that successful in doing this. But a hospitality will be the primary delivery system for the gospel going forward. Now we all need to be a little more hospitable so that we can win people to Christ. But I want those of you who have the gift of hospitality to focus all of your hospitable energy on sharing the gospel. Don't just wow your friends or wow other church people. Instead, invite people to the great wedding banquet that Jesus invites us all to. Okay? Knowledge, a message of knowledge as a gift. Some people love knowing things. I might be one of those people who have useless facts to throw in in any situation. And, and some people are able to hold huge amounts of information in their minds. It can be at the ready whenever they need it. And God's Spirit can prompt someone with the gift of knowledge to share just the right piece of information to provide direction or clarity to a situation. Now, sometimes God's Spirit gives knowledge supernaturally, a key insight into someone else's circumstances that may not have been um, known, that you just know, hey, did you just buy a car this week? And it might be something to do with whatever situation might come up. It might be something like that. I've seen it sometimes in a situation where somebody says, uh, does anybody have this kind of uh, sickness or illness in the room that suddenly they just have this sense that there's somebody here in a room that is dealing with a certain um, issue and that it's an opportunity to build faith and to pray for healing and other kinds of things. So that's a message of knowledge. Uh, leadership, to give direction with care and attention and to motivate people toward achieving the church's goals. Mercy. Great sensitivity for those who are suffering. And then offering compassion and encouragement and practical help to somebody who's in need. Serving. A talent for identifying needs within the body of Christ and an ability to adapt in order to meet those needs. I think people with the gift of service often ends up being jack-of-all-trade type people. Just whatever you need, I will become that. I'll learn how to do it. I'll hop into that position. No matter what, I'm here to serve. If you need somebody to figure out how to run a camera, I'll run a camera. I've never before in my life been interested in photography, but now I am. If the church needs it, I'll do that. You need a guitar player, I'll learn how to play the guitar. <laughs> whatever it is, they're willing and they want to serve, and God's Spirit enables them to kind of be that jack-of-all-trades. Wherever the needs are in the church, they're suddenly able to move into those um, positions and needs and service. It's not just, we need chairs over here now. I don't think that's what it means in service. Instead, it's this unique ability to kind of, um, yeah, reform how they even uh, think and act, and, you know, where there's uh, perhaps emptiness in leadership or other kinds of aspects, these people might be motivated by serving to become these jack-of-all-trade types. Okay, the gift of tongues or languages. And again, I think there's two aspects here, and one that is often overlooked, 
uh, because, again, one seems natural and one thing seems supernatural. Because I think largely we come from the tradition where we talk about the supernatural, let me start with the natural. The ability to speak in other languages or translate other languages. That's tongues. Okay, in Genesis 11, because of the sinful state of humanity, God intervened by confusing language. And it results in the creation of many nations and people groups. And in the reversal in the kingdom, all of those different nations and people groups are brought back into his kingdom, now representing entire groups of people. And it's this beautiful, wonderful scene that we get to see. But it's only possible because language has been overcome, that we become one people, though we are from many people groups. Okay, so our sinfulness caused division, but through Jesus we're made into one spiritual family. Okay, again, in his kingdom, there's every tribe and nation and language. So, one of the most significant obstacles to overcome is language, and there's a gift for that. Okay, now there's also this supernatural ability that you can speak in another language, in one that you maybe haven't learned it can be a prayer language that it's not really represented as a human language that we know. It can be a prayer language. It can be to speak in a language that you've never learned, or it could be to interpret a language that you have never learned. Wisdom. The gift of being able to sort through facts and data to discover what needs to be done for the church. I would also say that, again, it's understanding the scripture in great detail to understand um, uh, all of the details in the scripture uh, holy as well. Now, those are a number of gifts. Perhaps as we were going through that list, uh, there have some that resonated with you. Maybe some of you, many of you here, have identified your gifts uh, in the past and are already serving in your gifts, but maybe some of you don't really know uh, what to do. Um, I'll invite the worship team to come back now. I just have a couple more things I want to share with you. When it comes to sharing the work, we believe that everybody has a part to play. What's yours? Do you have a sense of what your gifts are? Perhaps you do, perhaps you don't. For those of you who don't really know what your gifts are, here's a few ways that you can take a next step. Uh, the first way is to take a spiritual gifts Test. Uh, you can go to giftstest.com and answer a few questions that will perhaps get you uh, to understand your gifting a little bit more and how you can serve here at Hillcrest. Another way that you can figure out where your gifts might be is to join a ministry team. And after serving for a while in one area, you might realize that you're really suited for another area. Okay, that can happen. All right? Or as you're serving alongside with a ministry uh, team, those people or perhaps that ministry leader might be able to identify for you what your gifts really are. And they will see that multiplying effect that the Spirit adds, where what you might think is a small talent, God adds to with his presence and his power. Okay? Another thing is to just ask a close friend. Sometimes it's hard to analyze and be aware of what's kind of going on in our own life, but if you ask a close friend who's a believer, they might instantly know, these are your spiritual gifts. Right? We, we know that we've seen this in, in your life. So if you're thinking about, how do I know my gifts? How do I dis discover my gifts? Uh, take a test. They're not perfect, but they might help. 
okay? Join a ministry team and figure it out from there. On-the-job training, okay? Or ask a good friend who knows you. Now, if you do have a sense of what your spiritual gifts are, how are you using them here at Hillcrest? See, next week we're going to take a look at many of the ministries that we have here at Hillcrest and let you know about opportunities and how you can get involved. See, knowing your gifts isn't very helpful unless you begin to put them to work. Your gift needs to be activated through ministry, through service. As we close today, we're going to pray that all of you, all of us, would be filled with the Holy Spirit. First, to experience the love of God. He loves you. He died for you. He wants you to live an abundant, eternal life. He wants you to live a spiritually fruitful life where you get to have joy and patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. So we're going to pray that we would be filled with the Spirit in that way, producing fruit. Second, we're going to pray that His Spirit would activate the spiritual gifts among us, in each of us, so that His body may be built up, so that we can have an incredible impact as we engage in mission in our world. See, it's really tough to accomplish anything if half your body isn't working. I imagine lots of comical ways to demonstrate that, but I'll keep it short. But if you woke up one morning and went about your regular day, just loading and unloading the dishwasher, taking the garbage out, and you know, from here to here didn't work, but down there did, or, you know, your hands just wouldn't work. If you if you've ever kind of dealt with, you know, numbness in your fingertips, you know, washing the dishes, you could cut your fingers or whatever it is. If your body's not working, suddenly the simplest tasks become really, really difficult. And, you know, and we don't want to be a church where there's kind of only 10 or 20% really leaning in hard and everyone else is just kind of coasting and being a consumer. So, we want everyone to play your part. We need you. You need us. We all need each other. Now, um, here's a few ways. We're going to pray. After we sing the song, uh, Steve's going to come and he's going to lead us in that moment where we just uh, invite the Holy Spirit to come and move in power. And as we sing the song, it's about the gospel and our chance to just celebrate and be reminded in it. But here's a few ways you can do that. Right from where you are, you can simply hold out your hands as a sign to God to say, Fill me with your love. Fill me with your power so that I can play my part and be a part of this body and so that we can be a healthy body impacting our world, bringing transformation to our society. Another way is we'll invite you to come forward. Uh, You're welcome to do that. You can come right up here and stand among other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ and just welcome the Spirit to move in our lives to enable those gifts and empower us for the work that he wants to do among us. I had a powerful thought um, from someone talking about, we're the body, Christ is the head. How does Christ, as the head, show up in his leadership the most? And they made the case that, they said the primary way that God leads his church, that Jesus leads his church, is through how he gifts certain people for certain times. So, Uh, The worship team is going to lead us in a song. I invite you to stand as we sing, and then Steve will come and lead us in that prayer moment.